Hey, friends, and welcome to the podcast. On this episode, we're talking to Ben Rossman. He is the CEO and co-founder of Scilabs, or PSI Labs, testing in the cannabis industry. Why is it important, and what does it mean? And as I said, my guest today on the podcast, Ben Rossman from PSI Labs. My friend, A, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, the pleasure is mine because the B part of that conversation is I am so excited to talk to you because I have not talked about testing in all of the interviews I've been doing for the last year or so. Uh, we have not landed on a conversation talking about what testing is, where it happens, why it's important. And so PSI Labs being you know the gold standard of that testing, for people who aren't sure, maybe they've never heard of PSI Labs, Labs because, of course, in the supply chain, they probably wouldn't. But can you explain in the cannabis industry where you guys sit in the supply chain and what exactly you guys do? Sure. And, you know, to your point, people generally don't think about labs. Um, <laughs> yes. You know, it's not like an interesting part of the industry necessarily. And you just sort of take for granted when you get something. It's safe. It's already been vetted. And so um, I definitely appreciate that as a consumer. Um, but yeah, so in the supply chain, what we do, we have field sampling technicians who go out to different grows or go out to processors. Um, they do a random sampling, which is done according to the total batch size and um, bring it back to the lab, maintaining chain of custody along the way. And then we do our various analyses, depending on what the sample is. And we send our reports directly to the clients as well as to the state through the seed to sell tracking system. And assuming everything passes, then our clients being the growers or the manufacturers would transfer those products from their sites to the retailers. So give me an example, Ben, of what might be in this report and let's say how a grower would pass that test and fail that test. What sort of things do you guys look for? Sure. So in, um, Flower, cannabis, what you think of when you like smoke weed, we call flower. Um, that would be potency. Um, that would be some people opt for terpenes. It's not a mandatory test. And those are the chemical compounds that give flower its smell and taste flavor. Heavy metal, pesticides, microbiological contaminants, and uh, potency. Um, on concentrates, we would do all of those in addition to residual solvents. They get the test, they transfer their product to the retailer. And how many, how often do they reach out to you? Is it, you know, what is the cadence by which PSI Labs is testing these growers or these facilities? They have to test for every batch. And they can also test just on a research and development basis or if they're doing method development, which for us is really interesting. So, for example, if they're coming up with a new product line, um, a new type of chocolate or a lozenge that will dissolve under your lip. Sure. Yeah. Um, a new kind of, you know, beverages are coming online soon here in Michigan. They weren't allowed previously. Um, but so companies that are more innovative or just trying out different things, um, we can do all different types of tests for them. And those are sort of outside of the regular types of compliance tests. We also do uh, 
environmental testing, I guess you could call it, where we'll just go on site and sort of swab the walls and floors and cut out pieces of the air filters um, if they're having problems with different contamination and sort of narrow down what the cause might be. Gotcha. So for you, Ben, what got you in this industry? Like, how did you end up talking to me on a random Wednesday afternoon? Um, so my background is in criminal defense uh, with medical marijuana specialty. And so I was practicing as a lawyer. Um, back when I was doing this, there was no regulatory framework. Um, it was just the patient care system. Um, depending on where you were living, if you grew a couple too many plants, that might be considered a felony. Um, or, you know, your kid might get visited by CPS in school. Um, so it was a really, it was a fascinating time to practice as a criminal defense attorney. Um, really challenging time for a lot of folks who are in the community, but that's how I got familiar with it. Um, I'm also a patient myself. I have epilepsy. Um, my partner who I've known since I was 12 years old was finishing up a postdoc at IU. And so when he would come back from school, we, uh, we would go to these various dispensaries that started sort of popping up around the place and they weren't licensed at the time. It was very much the gray zone, um, but they started having test results on them. And, you know, I asked him, you know, like, what does this mean? The numbers don't really make sense to me. Um, and he said, this is literally the only marketable skill I have outside of isotope geochemistry. <laughs> so we started talking about whether or not this could be something, you know, we'd be interested in. And sure enough, we, we got into it. What's this last year specifically been like as this industry, you know, saw huge growth during COVID because it was deemed an essential service. And you're seeing a whole bunch of people who we call in the industry, the can of curious who now can go into these rec dispensaries and experience the product. What has it been like for you guys though, on, on the other side and the testing side, I imagine busy, but I'm not sure. Yeah, it has. It's been, um, we've been on a really great growth trajectory our entire career. Um, we've been around since 2015, May 2015. And, um, you know, the last year has brought its own set of challenges just with COVID and sort of pivoting every couple of weeks, depending on what's happening. But, sure. um, you know, despite all of that, still on a really nice trajectory and planning and expansion within Michigan um, and outside of Michigan as well. Uh, so for the first time, We'll have a lab outside of the state, but um, but yeah, it's it's been fascinating because we were the first lab that was licensed for adult use in Michigan. We we're one of the first two that was licensed for medical, um, and for a while there, we were very cozy, kind of had the market cornered, um, you know, it, which brought its own set of challenges as yes. well because yep. there were too many samples and we tried to get them. Uh, out as fast as we could. But now, you know, people saw the opportunity and there's probably too many labs, if anything. Um, and so it's it's a different landscape than it was to begin with. Um, but but that being said, uh, things still things still look really good. And uh, and like I said, we're expanding and and really excited about it. 
That is exciting. So let's shift back to the consumer side, though, and and kind of give me the the ten thousand foot view as to why this testing is important. You know, it's it's an up and coming industry legally in the state of Michigan and the other twenty two states where it's currently legal. But why is testing so important, and and what do you guys bring to the market that benefits the consumer? Sure. Um, so there's a number of different reasons. So one is you know just basic potency, like say for treatment, if you're a patient. Um, one story, one of the things that got me into this is when I went to one of those dispensaries early on and got like a CBD only pretzel, um, it clearly had a lot of THC in it. And I was staring at my feet for a good 10 hours, you know, really high. If I had got that in the middle of a workday, cause it's supposed to be only CBD, um, I would have been in a lot of trouble. I mean, clearly you just need accurate dosing. Um, but if you're trying to treat a medical condition, I mean, people use RSO to treat their cancer and they do it on very strict regimens. You, you're supposed to start with half a, something, half the size of a grain of rice a day and move up very slowly, methodically to a full gram of RSO a day. Uh, if you have potency that varies wildly, and you don't know because the lab results are just inaccurate, that's problematic. Um, and then obviously potency for effect. Um, if you don't know what you're getting, that's problematic because, you know, if you're smoking or inhaling, you know, the effects go away relatively soon. Um, it's still important to know what you're getting yourself into. And you wanna know that you're getting what you paid for um, an infused product though, and something that you're eating, sure. you're, you know, buy the ticket, take the ride. You're going to be on that ride for a long time. And, uh, and you should absolutely know. Um, and so for, for consumers, that's very, very important, crucially important. And, you know, it, it goes to, uh, for the manufacturers as well. I mean, sometimes they don't know, like I said, at the beginning of the hour, uh, people just take for granted. It says lab tested. I assume what's on there is accurate. The uh, manufacturers, the retailers, they just take that for granted as, as well. Um, but it's often not right now. And that's problematic. And Ben, for this industry to continue its growth trajectory, I often use the analogy of McDonald's. You go to McDonald's in Topeka, Kansas, or Des Moines, Iowa, or Chicago, Illinois, or Germany, they're the same thing. You know what you're going to get, and that's a great way to grow a brand exponentially very quickly. My question is, that's obviously the goal in this space, as it is the goal in a, the brewery space or the distillery space, but is it more difficult for them to, because you're growing a product and then delivering that growth product, is it more difficult to hit those numbers? Or talk to me about how the growers can stay within those guidelines and make sure that they, when I come into dispensary A, it's the same every time, whether I'm using flour or any sort of infused or edible product. Yeah, I mean, I think with, with an infused product, uh, it might be easier to do that, right? Because the you're using distillate to do all of your dosing and then it's just sort of chemistry from there sure. to work out how you're going to dose it but the crucial upstream aspect is are you getting accurate information uh on the distillate 
So when the lab tells you this is 83.4% Delta 9 THC, is that legit or is it actually 74%? Because there's a big difference there. And if you rely on one number over the other in your kitchen chemistry to do the dosing for hundreds upon hundreds, thousands of chocolate bars, and then downstream use a different lab or even the same lab, and they give you a number and you're like, this isn't right. And in every other state, I have accurate chocolate bars. And like, what's going on here? These labs don't know what they're doing. The answer might be one of the labs doesn't know what they're doing. Or maybe both of those labs don't know what they're doing. But the bottom line is, you know, the accuracy is so crucial to what these guys do. Um, and ultimately the product they put out and marketing that and saying, you know, accuracy is integral to what we do. And, you know, the consumer experience is important to us. And here's how we show that. And so how does a, how does a, a grow facility or a farmer, how do they know, how do they figure out that the lab is going to know what they're doing with their product, right? Outside of calling PSI labs, labs, because obviously you guys know what you're doing at PSI labs, but if they don't have a PSI labs or don't know how to get a hold of you, what are some things that they can do to gut check whether or not their lab is going to know what they're doing or, or how can you scale faster? So we'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so real quick too, I want to address on the grower side, it is more challenging to scale and have kind of the same experience across different states. Um, different states have different rules, for example. And so one company might do really well in California, for example, come to Michigan and expect the same results, but not realize that California doesn't have uh, required microbio testing, but Michigan does, and they've never been put under that level of scrutiny. They're using a lab in California that, you know, whatever, all labs are not created equal. Sure. And so there, there can just be issues there right off the bat. And also just with growing in general, it's a organic product. There's heterogeneity between batches in the best of circumstances, in a huge grow, you're going to run into some problems. And that's just totally natural. Um, so that's the one caveat I would give there. I could never grow anything. I got brown thumbs. <laughs> it's hard for me to like keep a cactus alive in my house. I don't know how growers do it. And they I give them all the credit in the world because it's incredibly challenging. Um, and, but the proof is in the pudding. You know, there's great flour out there. To your, uh, to answer your question though, I think really just asking a lot of questions and seeing how transparent the lab is with their answers, doing tours. Um, the lab doesn't even need to have the fanciest equipment, um, doesn't have to you know, sometimes like the slickest sales pitch, that's not the best company. It's really people who just know what they're doing, are thoughtful with their answers, are curious about, you know, what you're doing as a client. Um, we have four folks with PhDs, five with masters of science, really smart, thoughtful, curious people who, if anything, um, are curious to a fault you know, want to triple check sure. samples. And we're like, all right, guys, but at the end of the day, this is a business. I know you come from the academic world, but we got to keep it rolling. Um, but 
I think that is really a crucial aspect and you need to have, you know, a really close relationship with one another. Um, we can't call it a partnership because we're a third party independent right. lab and we're in this strange position where we provide all the data to the state, but we also see, you know, we have a lot of responsibility to provide accurate data and the responsibility is for the consumers as well, who aren't our clients, but our clients are, you know, the growers and processors who we have to fail sometimes. It's, it's a very weird position to be in. Um, but it is like almost like a partnership in the transparency, the constant communication, letting them know if we see weird things in the data, like, hey, we've never seen this copper come up before. Are you using different soil or, you know, what's going like, do you have any issues with your water right now? Um, we've never seen aspergillus before, but every single one of your plants has aspergillus and you know, whatever. And then coming out and doing some environmental swabbing and figuring out what the issue is. So as opposed to just sending data in a vacuum, uh, we've got a literally a small team of scientists that can work with them. And so last question I will ask you is, is how fast is this industry moving for you guys? You just talked about, you know, drinks are about to get turned on in the state of Michigan. So how much pivoting are you guys having to do in that space to keep ahead of consumer demand for new products and you guys coming up with ways to test for those products? What is, what's the innovation space like for PSI labs? Um, it's, it's pretty fast drinks. You know, it's something we've been talking about for a while because sure. obviously clients have wanted it in other States. Uh, do drinks. And one of the things that was holding us back here in Michigan is the water activity test, which is a required test for edible products. But obviously the first or second ingredient in a drink is water. So it would fail every single water activity test. And so a number of labs, ourselves included, sort of lobbying the state, like, is there a way to get around that? Like, you know, clearly there's a way to manufacture drinks um, safely and let's just have that conversation. So we've been ready for this for a long time. We were the first lab that was um, approved and ISO accredited to do vitamin E acetate, for example, as soon as the state made that mandatory because we had been doing method development for months ahead of time. Um, I think as long as you read the news and you see what's happening and what's going on in other states, you can be ahead of the curve. Ben, if people want to get a hold of you guys and have you guys be their lab, what is the best way for them to do that? Well, you can visit our website at psilabs.org. Uh, email us at info at psilabs.org or give us a call at 734-369. 6273. Ben Rossman, it's been a pleasure. Have a great day, man. Thanks very much for having me.